Okay, I have a question. Why did they even invent caller ID? It's like, who is this service helping? I mean, for centuries. Okay, well, maybe not centuries, but for like a lot and lot of years, people have been answering their phone and not knowing who it is. And uh, as far as I can tell, no one's died from that. And it's like, if the police want to know who placed a call, uh, they could trace it. I mean, what am I, the police? Why isn't there a pregnant Barbie doll? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm sorry, Lee, because Ken came in a different box. <laughs> this constant obsession with needing to know who's calling all the time, it's like, it's so gross. Like, you pick up the phone, you, you find out who it is, then you know. It's like... Look, all I'm saying, if a guy doesn't call me, I would like to preserve the right to call him at 15 minute intervals until he picks up. But, you know, if he looks down and sees my numbers, he's gonna think I'm some kind of psycho or something. Which I'm not, obviously. I was gonna say, if in 10 years time, the two of us aren't married, let's promise each other to hunt each other for sport. To hunt each other for sport. Is, is that, is that, did you just agree? I, I was hoping you'd say, let's, let's just get married. Let's live oh, together. Let's, I'll, I'll, I'll be your buddy. I didn't I'll think, be your Gilligan. I didn't mean to the signals. <laughs> Here's the thing. My credit score is over 700. And I can make my ass clap. So, watch your mouth. People see me spending money on expensive shit and think I'm rich. Bitch, I'm not rich. I'm irresponsible. I'm just going to assume that you have a nudist. But you haven't told me that I'm the most beautiful, gorgeous in the whole world today, so... Are you trying to say you want to break up? God, appreciate me! Guys get so offended when you call them a boy. Like, I'm not a boy, I'm a man. You're actually a bitch. I was just trying to be nice. Do you know how I broke up with Elizabeth so that I could start dating Cece again? Absolutely, and it was really hard for you. Yeah, that actually never happened. What do you mean? I'm still dating Elizabeth. What do you mean? I'm dating both of them and neither one of them knows that and I feel terrible about it. But Elizabeth is gone. What do you mean? She's not gone. So you broke up with Cece. I didn't break up with either one of them. What do you mean? You process this however you need to process it if you want to keep talking it Which out. Which one are you dating? Both. Are you dating Cece? I'm dating Cece. Are you dating Elizabeth? Yes. How do you do that? They made me choose. You have to choose. You can't have both women. I, what was I supposed to what do? What do you think you can have a bunch of wives? You got one wife! This is the way the world works! Why? Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body line. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora. What's work your up, body guys? Work, Welcome work, back work, to a work, hot Sinora, mess podcast. We are here for another Monday. I hope you guys enjoyed your weekend and you guys have a really good week. I am here with my co-host, as always, Ernesto. Hi, love. How are you, babe? You get one wife. You get one wife. Why? Oh, but not in Utah. Utah, That's you true. can have as many wives yeah, as you true. want. Shit. Like, <laughs> but I, you know what? Why can't it be reversed? Why can't women have like five husbands? Um, because. So wrong. They do us dirty. Like. Well, can't it, legally, can you? Well, there's like throuples, it... right? Or like, yeah. what do you call that when you're in a relationship? It's like, it's a throuple, right? I guess it's so? a. I guess you can consider it being a. It's trouble. weird. But but know. I mean, legally, can a woman have more than? What can multiple? It, it, I don't it, think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So. I don't know if that law uh, applies in reverse. 
Yeah, I know. Because women get shit on every day. It is what it is. <laughs> well, I mean, if that's what you if that's what you're into, then I know. No, actually, I'm not. I can't. I just wouldn't be able to like manage my time as well. No, I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about just somebody getting pooped on. That's a, that's what oh, I'm saying. Jesus. I'm not saying. Hey, that, you, you brought it up. Hi guys, I hope you guys are enjoying your week. We are here for another Monday. Ernesto, how was your weekend? What's going on? How's life? Uh, well, life is good. It was. Um, You've been sick, and you still sound I, a little congested. I've been congested for you know for at least a month. No, not that long. A couple of weeks. Just um, yeah. I, I don't. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I had something. It was just a small virus, but that's the thing that I, for some reason, I can never get rid of the cough, and that's just something that happens with my family all the time when my yeah. dad gets sick. It, like for a month, he'd just be hacking up. Like we would, we'd have to be like, "Are you, are you okay? Are you sure?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I just have to cough," and it, yeah. al- it would always sound like, like I did, like I, like I mentioned before, like I had six packs before yeah. we jumped onto the podcast. Yeah, I'm sure. Sure. And it sucks. Yeah, so I'm gonna be hitting that mute button again <laughs> uh, occasionally. Except for Winks, Winks will be on for sure. Yeah, um, my son Carter, he's been really sick and I just took him to the doctor and thank God, no COVID, no like viral infection. He just has a lot of mucus built up. I know a little TMI, but he got on a steroid. They gave him an inhaler. He's good to go. So is it, we're happy is it really TMI that. when we already talked about people being pooped on? That's true. That's true. It's not. It's yeah. not. Yeah, it's absolutely not. That's, that's just <laughs> that's tame in comparison. Um, but no, yeah, uh, well, yeah. At his age, it's the same thing. I mean, we talked about it before, how it's not an easy thing for somebody at that, for a child at that age. They're not used to blowing their nose or- He doesn't know how to blow his nose. Yeah. He doesn't know how to. You don't hear, you don't hear kids at that age go- That's me in the morning, every morning. I'm like, hacking a loogie. Like I get so congested. That's why I always, I don't know. Obviously you guys can't see me, but I always have these like nasal congestant things because I want, I deal with really bad allergies too. Right. So I always like to make sure I like blow my nose and everything before I get on the podcast so I don't sound easily. But mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah. And it doesn't help that you have a 72 animals in your house. Shut up. I have three. Leave me alone. If I could have 72, I would. You probably would. I, I absolutely would. So no leave white. me alone. If I win the lottery, I'm getting a farm. I'm moving away from here. Moving somewhere to like Washington, Wyoming. I don't know. I've been watching Yellowstone lately and I'm like, this life seems better and better every single day. <laughs> Right. I don't know I if you guys have seen Yellowstone, but it's so good. I follow a few people on uh, TikTok that have farms, like uh, a few people like there's the Knuckle, uh, what's it called? Knuckle, Knuckle Punch. I, I remember the one with, uh, she she has emus on there. I love and emus, the ones that like attack her. That not like, that one. That was a different oh, okay. one. Uh, but, okay. but this one, uh, she's getting popular as well because she has one and his name is uh, Emmanuel. And Stop. you know she she, has, she always props she props her camera up, uh, and then uh, oh the time, one you sent me I've seen yes. it I've seen yeah yes. yeah yeah so Emmanuel uh, yeah Emmanuel so Emu I love it I love it well guys we have a really fun and different episode today um, obviously we're still going to be silly and wild and crazy but this is a serious topic that I think is so prevalent right now in the world today and we have a special guest here today I know we've had a few in the past but normally it is just Ernesto and myself but today we have one of my friends on his name is Caden hi Caden hi thank you guys for having me today I'm very excited to uh definitely goof around Yes, we love it. We love it. So Kate and I kind of met through social media, I think more of like TikTok based. And, you know, 
I started following him because he his TikTok was all about like ghost stuff and you guys know me I love all the crime stuff the ghost stories the UFOs and all that kind of stuff so we kind of connected through social media and he's been a really good friend of mine for quite a while now and we kind of share a lot of the same things so I really wanted him on here today because I think he has a super interesting story and I think a lot of people who are listening can relate to it and yeah, we're going to get we're going to get into it. So today's topic is going to be more about sobriety. So right. I know, Caden, you just hit. Is it a little over a year now of sobriety? A little over a year, maybe a year and a month, maybe. OK, Something OK. Like My sobriety so, date is July 15th, July, 5th, okay. July 15th. Ooh, good for you. Good for you. 2020. So, OK, so. We're going to start with one question and then we'll kind of just like branch off and kind of go from there. So a little over a year, what was your issue when it came to anything? Was it drugs? Was it alcohol? Was it maybe a mixture of both? What do you think your main issue was? So my main issue was or is alcohol for sure. Okay. But I had my issues with drugs as well. But I found that the root of my problem was alcohol because okay. every time I would do drugs is because I was drunk. Right. So, and then it got to the point where I always had drugs on me and I always had alcohol on me. So that it's definitely the root of the problem is alcoholism. And I've, I've learned that and I'm, I'm working with that now. Did yeah. you find that um, you couldn't have one without the other or vice versa? Oh, um, 100%. It, to me, it was, it was to the, towards the end of my drinking. It, was, it got to the point where when I wasn't drinking, I was planning on drinking. And right. it was to the point where, because I was heavily into drugs as well, was, okay, since I'm planning my drinking, I will take my drugs at this time. And then it was like a, I had it all scheduled out. Every it's kind of smart if you think about it. I mean, you know, for like someone who's addicted or whatever, like, yeah, it's kind of smart. Yeah. You have and, to. And so I would, I'd be like, okay, Saturday's coming up. I have to do this on Saturday. So I'll start drinking at 8 a.m. And then I'll take uh, my first drug at 10 a.m. And then I'll still, still drink. And then I'll, it was just all thought out and planned when, even when I wasn't drinking. Yeah. So that's kind of towards my end of, of my um, drinking days. But the main issue for me was I was a big self-harm person. I would hurt myself. I I've tried to kill myself four times. Um, I was just never happy. And the point with um with me and that all that that was it was like I wore a huge smile on my face and I masked my emotions with drugs and alcohol right yeah and and I think that's really true you know you know a lot of like celebrities and stuff who have you know commit suicide or whatever it's like they seem so happy to the world they were the ones that were always smiling always happy to everyone else but then deep down they were having this really traumatic you know experience Absolutely. in their own home that no one ever saw right 99 percent of the people 
in their world, in their bubble, had no idea what was going on within. Absolutely. And that yeah. was me for sure. I was so good at putting a smile on. So good because I'm a very uh, extroverted person. And you're just so wild and fun. And like, I would yeah. see the pictures you would post and like, you were so fun and like funky. And like, of course people are not going to love you and like be attracted to your vibe and your energy. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Like uh, I'm very extra extroverted person. So I, like my, my drinking was mostly out in the clubs and, you know, out at parties and hosting parties and doing all that. But as soon as that shit would stop, yeah. there is a time where you eventually have to go home and the right. party yeah. and the party stops. But yeah. to me, I didn't want to stop. And what I would do by myself was the, the real bad shit. Okay. So if you don't mind me asking, and again, you don't have to answer anything you don't want to, but when it comes to drugs, what kind of stuff were you taking when you were drinking? Was it like cocaine? Were you taking like Molly? Like what I kind was, of shit? I was very big into the uppers because I found out the more uppers you do, the more you can drink, right? Yeah. So, and and alcohol is a downer. It's a depressant. Yeah. So I was doing cocaine, meth, and um, Adderall. Adderall was oh, a big shit. one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing I think with Adderall is, you know, because I suffer from ADHD. You do too, right? I, I haven't been diagnosed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought we I thought we talked about it. Maybe you did. Maybe I'm maybe I was wrong. But like. I have ADHD and it's even scared me to get on any ADHD medication because of that reason, because I naturally have a very addictive personality. Yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, I get that because these are prescription drugs. So you take an, you know, an ADHD medication, you're like, Oh, I'll be fine. And then before you know it, you're addicted. Yeah. She's, cur she's currently addicted to diet cherry Pepsi. <laughs> I am. I am wild cherry Pepsi. Okay. Thank wild. You so I apologize. <laughs> we all have our addictions in, in some thing or place now i wish i wish i could say i was drinking one right now but i worked out and i'm drinking a protein shake so i'm being really good today <laughs> it is it is a good start to the day for you i know i know okay so another question for you kaden is when did you first start drinking and at what age did you really feel like okay i'm addicted do you think you've been addicted to alcohol for so many years was it just five years and when did you first start drinking I started drinking at 12. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, I grew up in a neighborhood where all the kids around me were a lot older. Mm -hmm. So by four years older. And um, so they were drinking at like 16 or, you know, whatever. Right. So me being trying to be cool and the young kid, I, I wanted to step in. And um, so I started drinking at 12. But I honestly thought think that my like problem with drinking came when I was 18 okay. and that's when the kind of the downward spiral and that's when I started hurting myself self-harming and like you know really start like abusing it and that's when I believe it became a problem at 18. When did you start thinking, uh, when you started self-harming, when did you start thinking to yourself, I, this is, I, I need to do this. And why do you think that you were, you chose to start self-harming? Uh, well, I do want to say, I think everybody that does do that has their own perspective and why they wanted to, but for me, right. but for me, I think the alcohol and drugs weren't enough, you know, to, to help my emotions to, at the time. To feel something. Yeah. 
And I, I think personally, in my opinion, maybe kid, you can agree with this. I think addicts, because I do consider myself an addict. I will always be an addict till the day that I die. Like I always wanted to feel something. Mm -hmm. And if I couldn't feel something, then it was like, what is life? Yeah. Like, cause life naturally, when you think about it as an addict, it's like so boring. Like what the fuck? Like, I want to feel up. I want to feel good. I want to feel happy. I want to feel included. I want to feel confident. Yeah. So it's like when you have those substances and then all of a sudden you don't have any more, it's like, well, then who am I? Yeah. Well, that's why I asked that question because yeah, it is uh, for each person. It is slightly different yeah. and uh, addressing that fact because people want to diagnose people who self-harm and put them all in the same category when you can't really do that. You can't do that with, you can't even do that with addicts because everybody yeah. has their own, um, I wouldn't say reasons because it's not like you choose to be an addict, but everybody has uh, uh, their reasons why they were driven towards a specific substance or a specific feeling that they want to have. So yeah. making, uh, you know, making that distinction and, and making that, you know, making sure that people understand that, that it's not something that it is, that is, uh, you can, you can just say, well, they're an addict because they drink. No, that there's more to that. There's more right. to that than just that get, addiction. Yeah, exactly. Ernesto. And I totally get what you're saying. So like, Caden, do you, do you think, I know you were saying, Clay, you started when you were 12 and you wanted to be like the cool kid, but do you think realistically, like your drinking or, you know, certain behaviors came from maybe like your childhood or, you know, a very traumatic experience or something like that, or just was with time? I, I think there is some childhood trauma and I was actually having this discussion with, with someone this morning at the gym because he he's on his journey as well. And he's was talking to me about a lot of things that helped him. But for me, if you ask me, um, if, if I can remember anything under the age of 12, no clue. But you know what? I can't either. That's childhood trauma. Yeah. And then, I don't remember, I don't remember any of my childhood. Yeah. Nothing at all. It's I've, I've learned since I've been sober that I've suppressed all my childhood memory and I can't give you the exact reason why, because I'm still working on that, but yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what my therapist says. What? Says it's a coping mechanism. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that we learn to block out, you know, everything that we don't want to remember and we suppress that and we bottle it up. And as children, obviously our, our memories and stuff aren't as great as, you know, it can be now. So we suppress all of those horrible memories that we don't want to remember yeah and uh this guy that i was talking to at the gym you know i think we have very similar um you know comparisons with our childhood and he was telling me because he went to a therapist that put in a, put him in a hypnosis and oh, and brought out all of his childhood memories right and um he said that he had a lot of aban abandonment issues that led to, um, you know, su suicidal actions and thoughts and whatnot. And now I'm like thinking like, as much as I can remember, like, did I have an abandonment issues? Like, was my, I know me and my dad aren't like the greatest and I don't like blame him for, right. for who I am or what, what's happened. I just like, as a parent, I'm not a parent, but 
you don't get a handout book when you're when you become a parent right nope and then I also get into I think this is one thing that I've also learned in therapy is being able to forgive my parents because my parents were raised by different parents yeah exactly. and how did their parents treat them and teach them things you know what I mean like it's, we have to we have to be the people that actually break the cycle and raise our kids to be better individuals. It's like learning math. There's like different formulas and equations to figure out a problem. And it's the same thing with parenting, you know? They were taught a way their teacher told them yep. how to do it. Right. And exactly. You know, speak with those generations that are older than us, mental illness was nowhere ever oh, no. spoken. So no one even heard of therapists. Are you kidding? Uh-uh. No. Mental I wasn't even considered. Yeah, therapists were quacks. Remember, where you know, there, oh, any, yeah. any anything that has to do with mental illness, it was some it was a quack doctor that had to deal with it. It was somebody and that, you know, that was we're still actually having to suffer that kind of stigma with mental illness for, for, for both men and women, but especially for men. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially for men. And I think that's that's a good topic, you know, Ernesto, because there is a huge stigma with men, you know, like women are the first ones like, Oh, I'm going to go to therapy. I want to do this. I want to do that for men. It's like, Oh, men need to be men. They need to be tough. Men don't cry. Men don't show emotions. But then it's like all these men who are supposed to be tough are dying inside and they're literally hurting and they have no one to talk to and they don't feel like they have an outlet. And I think that's why most men commit suicide over women. Yeah, absolutely. Because they, because they don't have an outlet. And it makes and they my just heart don't really feel sad. It. They, yeah. It they makes don't really feel sad. like they do. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with me, like when I was going through my shit, I, I was a big advocate because my dad taught me this way to never show emotions, to always be strong and, and go through whatever in life with no emotions. This is word for word. He would say, be like a rock. That was, oh, that's, that's a horrible. That was his shit. So that is a horrible thing to tell your son. Like, <laughs> A horrible thing. Not talking shit on your dad, but like that is a horrible thing to tell a child. And that's something he was that was definitely taught to him. Yes, it may, exactly. It may not have been the same wording. He may have chosen how to word it, but yeah, he he had some something. Somebody tell him that as well when he was young. Oh, of course. So. And I I kind of get it because, you know, parents back in the day, obviously a different generation, different time. You know what I mean? Maybe you had to fight more for your life and things and stuff like that. But now it's like you don't have to. Yeah. For me, I think strength comes with emotion and vulnerability and being able to open up to someone and be like, hey, like I'm hurting, I'm struggling, like I really need help. Because I'll say this even for me, like with a partner or whatever, like I actually appreciate that more. And I see you more as a man if you can actually be vulnerable and open up. Absolutely. And that like what I'm doing now, I'm being very open with my sobriety. And one of the reasons is to show that you know, men can be vulnerable and masculine and have a good balance. Absolutely. And absolutely. You know, I see a lot on social media that it's that a lot of men are just being like alpha males, this and that, you know, abuse women. And it's just like, man, really cringy. So if I could be the show people that you know, there is a fine balance between, you know, masculinity and vulnerability. And that's the balance that we should be in, you know? It's there, yeah. yeah. It's uh, a, lot of people, a, lot. a lot of people don't understand it's not either or. You don't have to be either masculine or vulnerable. You could be masculine and vulnerable. 
and people exactly. just don't get that. Be, it, um, what men have to realize, uh, or more men have to realize at least, is that you can, you can express more than one emotion at a time. Yeah. And that's not something that men are, um, it's not that they're not taught, it's they're taught not to, not to do that. They're taught to suppress that um, because you don't, you're not taught how to be emotional. You're not taught to, you're, you are taught how not to be emotional. And emotions are something that everybody has. Everybody has emotions. So you're not taught, you're not taught to be emotional. You're taught to be, you're taught how how not to be emotional. And there's, that's where the problem lies. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, they weren't taught that way. They weren't taught to be emotional. No, it's not that you weren't taught that you were the exact opposite. You were taught to not be that way. Yeah. I mean, for example, I look at my brother. Okay. And I know a lot of my family listens to this and you know I have vowed to myself that I will be 1000% open and honest in this podcast and I really honestly don't care if my family hears this but you know Uh, before you before you continue on sorry mama (laughs) okay go ahead I don't know if my mom listens to it. I don't know if she right. knows how to get on the podcast, but I know my cousins who like know my dad and everything. Well, you Eminem know, didn't say I'm sorry, cousins. So I got to go. Sorry, mama. That's true. But, um, you know, I love my dad. My dad, you know, has really grown as a person and he's a lot better of a person than he was back in the day. But my brother, for example, okay, my brother is an, is an LAPD officer. He is right now deployed in Africa, in the Navy and, you know, My brother is a tough son of a bitch, okay? I love him and I respect him so much and I would do anything for him. But my brother has always felt like he needs to be a man. And he told me once, oh, I don't cry, a man, you know, whatever. Weird to me, but okay. But I remember as a kid, my brother doing something and my dad and him getting into a fight. And he told my brother, that if you ever are a faggot, I will disown you. And I remember hearing that and how my brother felt. And even though my dad doesn't think that way anymore, like at all, he's changed. But this was something I think that was so traumatic for my brother growing up that my brother was like, oh, I can never fully truly be who I want to be. I can never be vulnerable. I can never be any types of feminine or anything like that like i have to be a man he's not been able to let that go never i don't think so after that because he as children what do we want we want the respect and the love from our parents right because they are everything growing up we don't know anyone else yeah we have friends and whatever growing up but like our parents are the ones that are building our entire foundation your first best friends are always your parents of course so to have your best friend tell you, oh, if you're going to be gay, I'm, I'm not going to love you anymore. I'm going to disown you. Right. Well, shit. Now I'm never going to want to come out to you. Now I'm never going to want to do anything feminine or like Britney Spears music or Beyonce or whatever. Like that shit's whack. Okay. I agree on the Beyonce thing. No, I'm kidding. I mean, Carter loves Harry Styles. He paints his fucking toenails. He loves to pretend play makeup with my brushes. My son is not gay. If he was gay, I wouldn't give a fuck. But like, I would never put that onto him. Oh, mom, I can't wear a shirt because it's pink. Honey, excuse me. Boys can wear pink. The fuck? Like, <laughs> I no. wear pink a lot. Yes, yeah, I love that. Same. Like, I love men who wear pink. Be secure in who you are. 
if later on in life you want to date males and females or you want to date males or you just want to date women, whatever the fuck you want to do, I don't care. But I do think that parents have a huge impression in, in their children's lives. Yeah, uh, as as they should, because that's who they, as, as far as that's, I mean, their impressionable years are at those ages. Yeah, you're going to have uh, the impression that, let's say, the friends that you gain in school and things like that, because you're going to spend time with them. But yeah, your parents are the most influential influential people yeah. in your life for at least the good for the first eight to nine years yeah yeah so so Kaden how does your family feel now about you being sober and when it came to your family was your addiction like a huge thing on them did they not really know did you hide it really well like what was kind of the circumstance definitely definitely hit it very well um I always thought that my mom probably knew it me and my mom are best friends right mm-hmm. We're, your mom your mom is great I've met your mom she's yes, she's very did. sweet yeah, we are homegirls. And um, so me and her are cool. And she's very proud of me, of my, uh, of my sobriety. And um, I actually told her I was doing this podcast. And I was like, Hey, mom, I'm doing this podcast. You're probably going to hear some stuff once, yeah. it's, you know, out. Yeah. And I'm sorry for if because a lot of stuff like the, me killing myself, she don't know about that. Right. Uh, oh, oh, once again, once again. I'm sorry, mom. Okay, just so she knows. Just Say she that knows. throughout the whole. Sorry, set. sorry, mom. Right. So <laughs> she's gonna hear this stuff, and honestly, like, I would like to, you know, give her a formal apology one day when I'm there. But um, she's very proud of me. Um, and for my dad, it's a little different, you know. Yeah. He. He knows that I'm sober and he's like, oh, yeah, good job, like for sure. But then like not only him, but like I have some friends that are like, OK, so like when are you going to go back to like drinking? You know, that's um, horrible. And I'm like, yeah, like they think that it's a process where, you know, yeah. you, you reach a certain a, t- a certain amount of time and you're, you're healed and everything. And then good, all of a sudden so you're not going to be an alcoholic anymore. So right. let's have some brewskis. Yeah. No, yeah. people still don't understand that. Yeah. People just do not understand that that he process. he's kind of like that he's like so just as he's like because we were talking about um me riding my motorcycle and he was saying uh yeah just as long as you don't like don't drink on it i'm like dad like, i don't fucking drink anymore dog like what are you <laughs> yeah what are you trying to say <laughs> but uh what with him it's a lot of uh you know brushing it off and like all right well we've always had this kind of distant communication i would classify him more as like a friend rather than a dad like it's like someone i know i can shoot the shit with them right but like my you know mentor uh capabilities and is nothing there you know you're supposed to look up to your dad and i do in some ways my dad's a very tough man he he's very tough he's he's done some insane things and uh you know he's made me tough like I've done a lot of shit at a young young age that has made me tough because of him right and I and I'm thankful for that for sure but um a lot of the stuff that your dad's supposed to teach you as a kid my mom did yeah okay and uh, you know, like the simple uh, bike riding and um, 
tying a tie and whatnot. Yeah. Shaving, and which I, I had I get, to shave at you, a very young age. <laughs> <laughs> I, can tell, I can tell, like, your mom has, like, very dominant personality like she just seems like she'll she'll run it and she'll handle the shit and she is mom dad like whatever she needs to be I got that energy from her and I loved I loved how she was around you too just her personality her energy her aura like everything was great yeah so one of the reasons of why I stopped drinking was uh the last day I drank I was drunk as fuck at my house on a Thursday I believe and it was one of my depression days. And when I have a depression day, uh, my phone's off and people start worrying, right? Right. I'm in a, I'm in a group chat with a, a bunch of guys and they've noticed that my phone was off uh, throughout the day. And I think I drank a, a full like big ass bottle of uh, Tito's and okay. um Throughout, once it became nighttime, then my self-harm uh, thoughts and suicidal thoughts started to come in. So they're still at work and I'm in the bathroom here on the ground and I'm like hitting my head and I'm like stabbing my stomach and shit. And um, eventually my um, roommates got home and I'm absolutely plastered by now. And uh I don't remember exactly, but I started fighting them, like fist fighting, probably because they wouldn't let me stab myself anymore. So my roommate calls my mom and my mom lives down the street from me. She's not very far. And um, I heard I heard that he called her and I ran into my car uh, and tried and drove off. But as I was leaving, leaving my community, because I live in a gated community, they saw me driving out, my mom and my stepdad. So they, they uh, followed me. And I, at a red light, my stepdad got out of the car and went up to my window. And I'm like bawling. I'm like bleeding all over. And I got home. He, he got in the car and I got on the passenger seat and he drove, drove me home. And uh, I saw my mom's face. And my mom's face was, I think, one of the reasons why I was like, man, you're, I got I to gotta fix myself. That probably broke her heart. Yeah, because, you know, you would think. Not, and not even disappointment to you, but just like, that's my baby. Like, because yeah. I, I have a kid and I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Like, that's your baby. Like, she carries you. Like, yeah, that's her baby. Right. So. She, yeah. she saw me and I'm, you have me, you have me tearing up. Peter. <laughs> I, I'm a mess. And she didn't say anything to me. She just looked at me and I, and I looked at her briefly because I didn't want to make any eye contact with her. And, you know, I still like have that picture in my head. And one of the, one of the reasons why I, I'm still maintaining my sobriety because which a lot of people that relapse I think they forget about their last day of drinking and I and I've come to a sense where I remember that day and I keep it very fresh in my mind of how it was on my last day of drinking because as soon as it's kind of like a PTSD thing every time I see a drink or 
or I'm out at, at a bar or something and, and a drink gets close to me, it's like flashes in my head yeah. of like my past. And it's very PTSD. And I, and I like lock up and have to remind myself like, okay, you don't drink, you're good. Like, let's, let's have a good night. Like, let's rest and you, you'll be all right. You know? Yeah. Well, let me ask you, so, uh, because I do not suffer from an addiction. I don't have those challenges in my life. Also, so you guys also can... just so you know, Caden, Ernesto does not drink. And it was, and, and it's, yeah. just, it's just a choice. It's not, it's, yeah, it, it's not... less of a, yeah. uh, uh, there's nothing specifically that keeps me from drinking other than the fact that I just don't. Yeah. But uh, let me ask you, when people do actually break their sobriety, do you guys think that it's also a possibility? Uh, like I said, I have to ask this because I don't know. So you guys can have a, you guys will have a better understanding of this. Do you think they think a lot of people who are uh, addicts think that, well, I can handle one. I can handle it now. I've been okay for X amount of time that I've been sober. So I think if I just dip my toe in it a little bit, I'll be okay. Absolutely. That there's two things that usually happen in my opinion, when someone relapse, they, something really bad happens in their life and they just can't handle it. And they go instantly back to drinking or whatever, or they forget, they forget how they were. And that's exactly what you were thinking or saying right just now, um, in the book, in the AA book, they, they talk about, you know, some of the steps they, they say, I cannot control it. I never can control it. And um, like I've mentioned, it's that constant reminder that I have to give myself on a daily basis of how I was. And I've, I've known people um, with a good amount of years that, you know, has convinced themselves, you know what, I think, I think I could probably drink now. And I, one of my really close friends, he was in the program with me for a little bit. He almost had nine months. And he, um, you know, he's, he convinced himself that he can start to drinking. And honestly, he, he might be okay. You know, we don't, don't we don't know that, but, um, with me, I like, let's say hypothetically, if I found out that I'm not an alcoholic and I could drink, uh, like normal, but I was just going through a rough patch in my I wouldn't want to change. I wouldn't want to go back to drinking because so much stuff has good stuff has happened to me since I've stopped drinking. Right. And, um, but obviously that's not the case. I'm a definitely an alcoholic and an addict. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so some of the things that I have to do in the morning is, you know, I have, I have a very strict routine that I do. I'm up at five. I go to the gym. Good for you. Five o'clock. Good for you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> fingers, finger snaps for that. I love that. Yeah. Up at five. And then I'm back. And from eight to nine, I write down my gratitude list. I do my morning meditations and my morning prayers. And these, the meditation and the prayers and the gratitude list all give me a daily reminder of who I am. And that's an alcoholic. Yeah. And that's fine. I, I mean, I love that. And looking back, like, you know, talking about AA, 
I don't know even if you know this, I have done the whole AA program and it wasn't because alcohol was my issue, but, um, you know, I, I think we've dabbled in this. We've talked about this, um, to Caden and the podcast, but you know, I was, I was addicted to heroin for three and a half years. And, you know, when I was first getting clean, my sister was like, Oh, don't do NA money. It's a little scuzzy. You get like some crazy people in there. She's like, do AA. Like AA is the same process. They do the same steps, kind of the same program. So I finished all of my AA. I read the whole AA book. I did all my steps, you know, everything that I needed to do. And I will say one thing that I'm super proud about myself is that I never relapsed. I went to a detox program. I got clean without going to um, any sort of like program or anything like that, which my parents really wanted me to go to. Um, And I'm really grateful for that. But the program really did help me. Mm -hmm. So my next question is, are you still an AA? Do you still continue to do like weekly, twice weekly? Like, what do you what do you do right now? I do a minimum twice a week. I love that. I love okay, that. Nice. And you have a sponsor and yeah, I have a sponsor. Nice. He's a he's you. an old strict guy, you know. I love it, but that's what you need. You need someone that's gonna burn a light under your ass and like uh-huh. like bitch, you gotta keep it going. Like that is exactly why I picked him. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. I remember when I was first in AA, they gave me this like younger white girl who was like younger than me and I was like you know what I will walk the fuck all over her I was like yeah. absolutely the fuck not so then they gave me this like older black man and I was like yes I love him like yes you I got, need that you got a guy I had a guy yeah and he was fantastic James he was amazing interesting yeah he was amazing I always it, thought let me ask yeah yeah I was gonna ask why why that surprised you is it something where you it, yeah women are usually paired with women yeah women are okay. usually paired with women and guys with guys because yeah I mean with the program there is a lot of shit and it's a lot yeah, of, I can imagine a yes. lot of deep shit too you know um that you have to share with another human being of yeah. shit that you've never told anybody you know, your personal inventory throughout your whole life. And I don't know, I, I, I'm not a girl, but I would, I don't know if I would be comfortable sharing that with a dude. You know what, you know what's so crazy? You know what's so crazy, Caden? I actually feel better with like a male therapist. I love therapy. I've always been in therapy since I was seven years old. And I love having a different perspective from a male. And the thing with James, who, you know, was my mentor, he had teenage daughters that were a little younger than me. And like, he got it. Mm-hmm. He knew exactly who I was. He knew exactly what I needed. He talked to shit to me. And that's exactly what I need. I, I feel like I almost needed like a, a father figure. Yeah. Because even though, again, I love my father, but my father wasn't really there for me in the ways that I needed him to be. Yeah. And I think as a, as a female, I really needed that, you know, light burned under my ass. I needed that. And I think women, you know, they come with a little more empathy and they're like, oh, I understand. Like, no, I don't want to hear you understand. I want mm. you to say, nah, you ain't going to do this shit right now. Like you're going to you, do this, this and that or else. Like, just, just for people to, 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 just to clarify, she's not saying that that's not what people need. That's not what she needed. Let's let's just make it clear. Uh, If somebody, if there is a woman who, who, who does actually do that, where I understand some people respond to that better than others. Absolutely. She, on the other hand, responded more to the firm hand of a 
father figure. Yes. And also too, because I am so A-type personality, I'm very outgoing. I'm very extroverted. Like some soft woman for me, it was just like, I felt like I was smarter than them. I can manipulate them. I could like do whatever I could. I'm a great manipulator, especially when I was in my addiction. I could get whatever the fuck I wanted from anyone and I would make it happen. Me too. So, so I needed a strong male figure to be like, nah, bitch, you can't. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's what I, that's what personally I needed. Right. No. Because I was, I was tough. My family went through hell and back. I was a tough bitch. That, you know, that makes sense because in the end, what I tell a lot of people that are, you know, not just with the sobriety journey, but with any journey, you have to do what works for yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to another person about this and we were talking about therapy and I was telling him, yeah, I only like picked girl therapists and women therapists. And he's like, oh, that's weird because I, I usually pick women therapists as well. And we've come to a conclusion that we pick women therapists because they are more vulnerable and they have empathy and we feel more comfortable with that because we didn't. You lacked that. Yeah, we lack it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so having a guy therapist subconsciously, you know, we're, we're like, oh, we, we got to square up with this fool the whole time. Yeah. Right. right. And that's not to say, again, going back to the same thing, it's not to say that that male therapist or any male therapist couldn't be that, but because that's already a challenge, that's something in your mind that you have to already overcome. That's already, you don't want to make that, you don't want that initial hurdle when you don't need that. A male therapist can be empathetic. A, a male therapist can have that show that vulnerability that a female therapist does. But if you go into it with this perception, with this mindset that I have to, you know, I do have to square up. I do have to, you know, I can't be as vulnerable because this person is not, that's not going to help you. Yeah. It's not going to help you. So it's not to say that a male therapist cannot be like that, but you understand that you have this hurdle that you don't, you, you have this perceived hurdle that you don't want to have to jump through or, right. or jump over. Right. But I and do, but I, but I do think that like males should see female therapists. And I think, you know, females should see male therapists. I think it's just kind of like a difference of perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I also think that when you go to see a therapist, you need to see at least five different therapists Absolutely. before you finally pick the one that you're most comfortable with, because I think you, you get so vulnerable that you need to find someone that you're super comfortable with. We've discussed well. this before on the podcast yeah. where we yeah. said, you know what, it, it is an interview process because you it cannot is. just go with yeah. just because the first this one, therapist, yeah, yeah, there's no way you have to. And that's not to say that you won't go back to that first one after speaking with three or four other therapists. It's just that you do want to make sure that you're with the person that fits with you. Yes. And yeah. that's the bottom line. And something I'd, I'd like to add to that is, you know, with, with, therapy um i tell people to before you find a therapist know what you're trying to resolve like for me it would be childhood trauma and addiction so i'd go see and depression and go see that type of therapist a specialist that yeah yeah if you struggle with anxiety go see an anxiety therapist but it right i always suggest to really dive down before um, you seek therapy and really understand what kind of problem you're, you're having in your life, just so you can hit it on an, 
with a nail, you know, rather than a, a spoon and yeah. get that full effect that you need. Yeah. I remember like going to see a therapist, you know, as a kid, I was a very troubled kid. I had a really hard childhood. You? No way. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. And, you know, I was diagnosed with ADHD and ODD at seven years old. My parents actually put me away at 16, which I think was kind of crazy. I went to like yeah. a mental facility, which was, but also like my mind and I'm not trying to say I'm like a genius or anything. It's not what I'm saying, but my mind works at a different capacity than most do. And I've always wondered if I'm like autistic, if I'm on the spectrum, I know I have ADHD. I know I have ODD. I know like my brain just thinks at a different pace, but like, I always resented my parents because they did that to me. And so because of that, my life has never been the same. Right. And I don't think I've ever told my parents that. Let me ask. And I um, think that's something that needs to be said eventually. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Kaden, because I I just want to better understand this um, because I know people have these questions. So I have to, I I think I have to ask as well. When you say you clarify before you seek a therapist, you want to uh, know what what you're trying to resolve. Mm -hmm. What if they don't know? What if they don't know? What would you recommend them do? Well, there are general therapists, right? Yes. Um, just for your average therapy that if you really are having a problem with, you know, figuring out what's going on and needing to resolve something, an issue that you have, there's those general therapists that you can definitely go to and which those people will probably help you out finding what needs to be resolved. I yeah. went to a general therapist um, and that led me to a depression therapist. And then that depression therapist led me to a depression, anxiety, uh, suicidal uh, therapist. And then that one's going to lead me to uh, an addiction one. So while we're, while you're doing that interview process, you know, you're learning, still learning a lot about yourself. And then during that, you can really dive into which category you should, you know, kind of work on. Yeah, I just didn't, I didn't want people who heard this who have not gone to therapy say, well, if I don't know what I, I yeah. if I don't know what I'm resolving, then I need to wait. Yeah, yeah. you, you normally have to start with like a general therapist. And then from there, they'll kind of, you know, I, and, I, and I, I knew that for the most, but I just wanted to make sure that people who are, lis- are listening, know that as well, because they if they hear if they just heard, know what you're, you know, know what you're, you're wanting to resolve. And if they don't know, then they may not try to seek anything until they try to figure it out. And yeah, no. that might, that might, uh, that might not put them where they need to be sooner than they could be. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Therapists will kind of branch out. And then if you need medication, then you have to go to a psychiatrist. Psychiatrists are the only ones that can actually give out medication. Yeah. The quacks. No, been there, been there, that. Done, yeah. been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. I had a psychiatrist too. And they, they uh, prescribed me a bunch of antidepressants and I chose not to take them are you on anything right now if you don't mind me asking no I am not okay good a lot of caffeine yeah yeah a, a healthy <laughs> dose of coke coca-cola yeah this is not it this is not a video yeah this is not a video podcast so it's coca-cola I have a coca-cola in my hand Ernesto is literally holding a can of coke guys he's not snorting a line don't worry 
I started itching my neck again. Dude. I know. I was like, damn it. <laughs> That's yeah. You could see what I was doing, but yeah, like, no, yeah. Everybody like, else could. Fuck you guys. PTSD. PTSD. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. One thing with me is like I've done so much coke in my life. I'm not gonna lie, and I don't even know why I fucking did it because I fucking hate it. Yeah. Coke gave me so much anxiety. I would like. I didn't like it. I don't would know. Would you do it because it was just available? Yes. I was a downer girl. I loved like pain pills, Oxycontin, all that kind of shit. Or like Molly. I would do Molly. Yeah. You know, ecstasy and, and, back and, in the day. In many different ways. She is bi. So she would do Molly while she was doing Molly. That's true. <laughs> we love all the Mollies. <laughs> yeah. I that would sound so bad. <laughs> completely opposite i was i was yeah. always on the uppers yeah and i would basically okay oh sorry we have to get into uh zodiacs really quick you're a gemini right i am but yes but Ernesto's it, a gemini too i am anything about being on a cusp mean anything yes okay so you're on a cusp of what porous oh yeah i can see that I'm, oh so your birthday's in in may may 22nd okay yeah. I know you're really good with all that stuff. I only know that because I know I, I know the Gemini Cancer cusp. So yeah, it was, it's obvious that if you weren't uh you know on the Gemini Cancer cusp, then you have to be a May birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's the only way I knew. <laughs> so you can I know this sounds so funny, but you can always tell if someone's on the cusp. So like for example, Taurus. Tauruses are always like kind of like broad shoulders, a little more like beefy i don't know like how to explain it because i'm a taurus rising yeah. and i don't know but I'm, i could tell i am learning a little bit about all that stuff i made a what is that app called the co-star yes i made that <laughs> and co-star is so full of shit i almost oh, worked okay for Co- <laughs> I, I almost worked for co-star listen they will literally hire anyone who's like oh i know astrology to like write their articles don't yeah. do co-star i'll let you know a couple of their apps that are like more legit cool hook me up with or, that. You, or you can talk to me i can do your whole birth chart for you so. i know i i think we <laughs> talked about this i was yeah i'll do it i'll do it for you for sure for sure yeah yeah i'm all oh about learning more about myself and whatnot yeah uh-huh. i love this kaden i just want to say that i think you are an amazing person i think that you have an amazing soul and you're a great human being. I am so grateful that you are still here with us on earth and you radiate the best energy. So I just had yeah. to say that. No, I do appreciate you coming on because For uh, sure. as, as somebody who does not uh, have to, to deal with the things that you too have to deal with, listening to people uh, uh, talking about it does give me a, a perspective when uh, to when somebody else asks me or wants to talk to me about that, I do use people's uh, uh, what people. I'm not. I'm not saying I use it like you know, like experiences. Well, yeah, I do. I I do actually rely on the experiences of others, not just what I've you know what I've experienced because I can't. There's no way for me to be able to explain something uh, if I haven't experienced it. So actually being able to absorb when somebody explains to me why this is the way it is and how this is the way it is, I I, I can either be able to refer somebody to a specific, uh, another person or, 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 or anybody. So I can actually say, well, there's this person that I've actually spoken to. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, his, 
his at is Caden official. I, I, I can say that and just refer them mm-hmm. to that because I do that. And I do want you to actually, uh, I, uh, you, I, we will post, if you don't mind, we will post your socials on the description of this episode. Uh, if you're okay with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Perfect. I, yeah. I know your, I know your TikTok, your TikTok is K-A-Y-H-A-O-S, right? Yes. It is chaos. If yes. you're going to get the pun. Kate it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm Monica. I'm on stars. Yeah. We always have to yeah. have a little pun. So well, she, I'm glad she, I'm glad she, I'm glad, I'm glad you said what it was at K-A-Y-H-E-O-S because I thought it was going to be K-Hose. <laughs> no. so, There's an A. Okay. I, I retired. So Cadence, uh, TikTok, which uh, obviously, like, if you guys want to give him a follow, please do. He actually talks a lot about, like, ghost stuff. I really like your TikTok. I love your TikTok, actually. So Cadence TikTok is K-A-Y-H-A-O-S, chaos. Chaos. And then what is your, what is your Instagram? Is it the same? I don't remember. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same. Okay. K-A-Y-H-A-O-S to follow Caden. Definitely give him a follow, send him a message, give some support, give some love, like some of his photos. We'd really appreciate it. Right. And also, um, if you guys have, uh, if you guys wanted to contribute to this particular topic, uh, if you want to jump on and speak with us about it as well, I think we will be definitely willing to bring other people on to discuss your particular journey because everybody's journey is is different so and anybody uh anybody's journey can help somebody else in some way shape or form Absolutely. so we definitely want to do that definitely with a voicemail uh give us a call on the hotline that number 310-494-6811 you can always reach us there it's 24 7 you can either text us or call us and leave us a message there um, if you do want to actually just at least contribute but you don't want to put yourself out there um, and you're not comfortable and just uh, wanted to leave an anonymous message, you can do that also on the website, a hotmesspodcast.com. You can go there and scroll down towards the bottom. And there is a little box there where you can actually send an anonymous message. So you're more than welcome to do that anytime as well. That's always available to you 24 seven. And of course, we have our Instagram, which is a hotmesspodcast underscore uh, that you can go on and Again, we're still trying to, we're working on trying to just be a little more active on there. Uh, that's something that we're, we're trying to do. <laughs> it, Shut it up, get leave better. me alone, leave me alone. It will get better. Well, no, it's, <laughs> it's both of us. I mean, it, it's not just you. I can't put it on you. But if you want to take it, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> nah, it's all you. <laughs> there we go. We love you guys. Also, we will be putting some, you know, hotlines on the podcast as well too. The suicide hotline. Um, any issues? Which is nine eight eight now. Yeah, nine eight eight. That's right. Yep, yeah. it is. Yeah. So there are resources, guys. And listen, I am always very reachable. If you guys need to shoot me a text, a message, if you guys are going through something, like please feel free to reach out to me. I am very open, very honest, and I will one thousand percent talk to you. So don't hesitate to message me yeah. at all please. Same. please i would like to also mention that my dms are open people have been hitting me up and uh I love that. there's people that i haven't talked to in years that call me and they're crying you know and just just know that my my number and my dms are open and you, anybody if you're a stranger or not you know you guys are yeah. more than welcome to um hit me up and i'm a great listener and if you're just going through uh, something at the day, from the day, or had just a bad day, I'm a great listener. You let me know, and I will more than be happy to listen to your story. Could you repeat that? that? I wasn't paying attention. 
<laughs> I love that. Thank you. No, listen, guys, you have a lot of support here. Okay. So I want you guys to know that constantly. We are always here for you. Well, you guys, that is a wrap for our show on this lovely Monday. We hope you guys have the best week. Please be safe. Do something kind for someone else. Remember to reach out if you need anything. And we will see you guys next Monday. Caden, again, thank you so much thank for you hopping very on. Much, we love you. We love your energy. You are the best. What is that finger thing you're doing? That looks very sexual. I don't, I don't, a- <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, I'm going to have to retire that one. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay, wait. Yes, First oh, of all, the, no, no, no. The fingers were closed. The fingers were closed. He didn't open he, them up because that would have been he, different. He opened up. Well, he yes, did. after he after he took them away from his lips, not all while they were on his lips. Kiss and then peace. Okay, but I'm sure. gonna have to retire that because I get kiss and, then, kiss and then peace. That's what she said. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you, Kate and Ernesto. I love you, and I will see you next week. Until then, boy. Bye. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body liner. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora, work your body liner. Every time I tell somebody how much I weigh, they always say, you carry it well. Bitch, my knees hurt. No the fuck I don't. Is there a method that I don't know about because I just keep sucking and sucking and the more I suck, the softer it gets. And I'm even stroking it up and down and nothing seems to work. Like, cardboard straws are the worst. I've told you. What? I've told you so many times to stop nutting on all the towels. I did not nut on any towels. Did you wipe your butt and nut on this one? No, I didn't. This sock? What? That could be any, I don't even wear, I don't even wear hands. I can't even take a shower. Is this what you do with your guys' nights? Look how stiff the dog is. Okay, he walked into it. This week is gonna be my week. I'm gonna kick this week in the ass. I'm gonna show this week who's boss. And I'm gonna give this week the razzle fucking dazzle, okay? Thank you! It's called setting my intentions for the week. Look it up. You make my heartbeat skip when you call me babe. Woo-woo, and thank the universe that you were made. Woo-woo, although I love your face because it's gorgeous as can be, there is one thing I ask of you that I would like to see. Show me that big, beautiful butthole. Butthole, it's like a little round window right into your soul. Your butthole, I so wish to enter the chasm and explore the wonders of what is inside so trust me when i say i love looking into your singular tiny brown eyes